0: Whether it be behind the camera or on the stage, Barbara Hammond is not one to shy away from an opportunity to explore new forms of expression, and her writing is all the richer for it. Readings and productions of her plays have been shown in venues all over New York and Europe. Her play, Beyond the Pale, won the Special Jury Award at the Tina Santry Flaherty Awards Ceremony for the first Irish Theatre Festival. And her film, June Weddings, received the Director's Special Recognition Award at the 2007 San Francisco International Short Film Festival. We talk to Barbara about her experiences as a director and actor, the differences between writing for the stage and writing for the screen, and how simply submitting your work is an important part of participating in theater, as Barbara Hammond joins us right now on the Scripps and Scribes podcast. Welcome to the Scripts and Scribes podcast. I'm your host, Karina Farah, and today I'm joined by playwright Barbara Hammond. Hi, Barbara. Hi, Karina. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Um, so I just wanted to ask you, I mean, you're a professional playwright. You've written many plays. And I just wanted to know, how did you get your start? When was that moment of, I am now officially a playwright? <laughs>
1: well, I, have a, I had a funny thing happen to me. Um, after I wrote and directed a play called Paper Tigers, um, one of the actors in the play uh, had come into some money, and we struck a deal where we met down at Cafe Zitan in Soho every Friday, and every Friday I would hand her ten pages, and every Friday she would hand me a hundred dollars, <laughs> <laughs> and I wrote a play for her, and it was such a—it um, was the first time I'd looked at playwriting as something like building a table or Um, or as a craft. I'd always completely thought of it as an art and something that I did in my, for me and in my own head. And it actually was an interesting transition into, uh, I don't recommend it (laughs) except for that. It it really changed my point of view about who I was writing for. Um, And that, because it wasn't coming from my personal experience the the topic of the play was something that she chose and uh, over the years it actually morphed into the play Summerland um but I never would have written a play about that subject um if I hadn't uh if I hadn't met her and I never would have started to write as quickly as I did if I wasn't getting cash for it
0: well that definitely gives you incentive um wow so how wait how did you get in contact with her or how did this setup even start
1: uh, that, that that came about after she was in she was cast she was a belgian actress and she was cast in the role of the, a french uh girlfriend of one of the characters in paper tigers oh. uh, so i had been working with her for a few months when i directed that play but that i would say paper tigers was my first um professional production production and i i wound up directing that by default really i had um I didn't really know what a director did, and I had cast the play, and I guess that's the job of a director okay. <laughs> and um felt that I was the best person to guide the play to production, which I understood was another thing that a director should do and the one thing I thought was completely beyond me was how to move the actors around the stage. <laughs> Right. That seemed to be to be the one thing that direct that I knew the directors were supposed to do, that I did not know how to do. Um, but what I discovered it was it was a, a lot of uh, a lot of testosterone running around that set because it was was a four four guys um, who were two brothers, a father, and a best friend. They were and they when we were at a rehearsal one day the, the guy checking us into the rehearsal studio looked at them all walking into the room and looked at me and he said just remember that actors are just children with very long legs
0: <laughs>
1: and I think that was that was on my first rehearsals and I just wasn't intimidated by the process at all once it once it began and I found especially found that I was right that casting really is or that and maybe Woody Allen said it that casting is 90 percent of directing Um, And I had an amazing cast for that play.
0: That's amazing. Can you tell me a little bit about what the play is about?
1: Yes, the play uh, is about a young woman who had run away from home, married young, and had just left her husband at the age of about 25, and had called everyone in her family to get together, uh, all these people who hadn't seen each other in quite a while, um, in a in a cottage in Wisconsin. And the play is is about their their reunion and interaction and the discovery of how the past catches up with you.
0: Directing it, did it affect you as a writer in any way? Did it make you see things that maybe you wouldn't have noticed being just, you know, behind the writing, but now that you had to bring it to life?
1: Absolutely, because it made... uh, it made everything seem possible. When you start to work with actors on a stage and remember that plays are are these living objects, then when you're sitting down to write, you're not thinking about the words on paper. You're thinking about the staging and the delivery of your lines, um, which I think I wouldn't have in my bones the way I do... Now, because of having directed my own work and, and other people's work,
0: and you actually have kind of played many roles um, in theater. You've you've written and you've directed, and you also acted at one point. Um, how was that experience, and how how did that come about?
1: right. <laughs> that was uh, I fell into that when I first uh, started meeting people as a writer. I got involved with a group called Ensemble Studio Theatre and I did a lab workshop upstate during one summer and they insisted that all the writers act and direct all the actors had to write and direct and all the directors had to act and write so everyone had to get a taste of the other pieces of the, the theater and it was one of the smartest things. I was A lot of writers in particular are very resistant to that. Um, but I think it was a wonderful idea. It was a, a man named Kurt Dempster, who's passed away now, who was in charge of Ensemble Studio Theater, and it was his idea that that was uh, an important part of becoming a person of the theater. Um, so that is how I uh, initially started, and then... I did not audition, but I was cast in a couple of plays that friends were doing, and really enjoyed it very much, and then was cast as Yelena in uh, a Russian production of uh, Uncle Vanya. And the difference between acting in a play by a great writer and acting in a play by a decent writer is enormous. It's like the difference between like playing checkers and playing chess. And I discovered that it wasn't necessarily easier at all to play a role that was a brilliant role. It was um, much more satisfying, but much more difficult and demanding. You couldn't um, get away with being a shallow person because none of his characters are shallow. Um, And that really had a great effect on my writing because it, it makes me, uh, whenever I'm looking at a draft of a play, I read it uh, once through for each character and make sure that all the moves that that character makes are the smartest moves that character could make under the circumstances that they're in in my play. Um, so I u- it usually helps me to um, up the ante and, uh, and make the stakes higher for each person if I'm if I take the time to look at it as if I was going to play that role, whether it's a male role or female role, an old person or a young person, I just go through the script, imagining I was playing that role, and think about what excites me about playing it, what um, what seems unplayable, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, all those all those things. So yes, acting really. Um, I, I have huge respect for actors. I absolutely love them and um, having done some of it myself really has helped me enormously.
0: I could imagine it's, it's kind of two sides of the same coin. And I think understanding that side would really reflect in the writing. Um, and you were saying about writing characters that are maybe a little bit meatier, um, for the actor. Yeah. And, uh, I was lucky enough to see your play um, at the New Dramatists reading. And uh, your female characters really have a lot of substance, which, um, I mean, it's kind of been said a lot that female characters tend to not be, you know, maybe as fun to play or as meaty as maybe some of the male characters that are written um, for the most part. So do you have a preference of writing, um, you know, main characters as female or male? And, and what's the difference and kind of that experience of writing from a different perspective of writing a male character because you are a woman and then also giving a female character more to work with?
1: That's a very good question. You know, it's something that I'm still, that I haven't really examined. I just do it and I'm, I'm starting to examine it more but I do think that it's uh, I, I don't set out to write about men or women I, I, the story comes to me and I start to write it and then whoever happens to populate it are the characters that I have so it's never intentional I, you know, uh, on my part um, I don't, I don't pre, pre-decide
0: right.
1: what I'm, what I'm going to write about um, but given that I think that writing writing female characters is such a it's just such a pleasure. Women are fascinating, and there's a depth to women that often is that I, I feel is is underexplored. In any case, and I really enjoy exploring those places, and I enjoy exploring different kinds of women. And I believe that women's strength comes from so many different places, and and can be uh, it's just it's just such a rich source of of material for me.
0: And do you find it challenging to write from a male perspective, or is that fun? You know,
1: it's- <laughs> not not at all. Actually, I I I, I don't know. I have a uh, a lot of brothers and grew up with a, a lot of a lot of guys, so I've never felt uh foreign yeah i've never felt like they were a foreign country yeah <laughs> and so i i I really some of my favorite characters of mine terry and beyond the pale is uh, i just i love him and uh in the eva trilogy there's a a boy tom in the third play the great walk who i just love writing um yeah, I, I, I never have any any issues around that, actually. I, I, I think I probably maybe I'd take a special pleasure when I've written a, a woman that, that really um, resonates with me.
0: Very cool. And you brought up the Ava trilogy, so I, I wanted to talk a little bit about that because um, it didn't start off as a trilogy, right? You kind of just followed it down that path? Yeah,
1: exactly. I, I was shocked when it when a second play started to come into my mind um i i wrote the play eve of the chase and um it's a monologue play which also i had never written a play that is one character uh stream of consciousness monologue and it was um it was so effective and so Mm -hmm. exciting and so complete on its own and that character in the play refers to a number of other characters who you also get a taste of but don't get to know very well and about a year after I wrote the first play one of the one of the characters that I talked about started you know, talking in my head and I had to start writing down what she said and the second play became this four character um, four character play that was completely different in how it approach the same subject that the first play Mm -hmm. um, covered. Mm -hmm. And what I decided was that I could, with the trilogy, I could, the first play examines something from inside a woman's mind and her heart. And the second play takes the same subject and it's all external. It's all what other people think of her. It's all um, conjecture and judgment. And then the third play uh, takes place 30 years later and uh, explores connection and love. And, and through the three plays, I think I've created a portrait of a human being.
0: Wow, that, that sounds incredible and uh, very different. I, um, I don't think I even know of any, anyone who's done that before.
1: I don't know how it came about, and in fact, uh, the the um, the director that I work with an awful lot, that I have worked on a workshop of this with a new dramatist over the summer. His name is Kevin Kittle. Um, he teaches at Rutgers University, and he he directed my play Beyond the Pale a few years ago. And he looked at me after reading the first after reading the second play and said, "You know what? This isn't a play either. The first the first one really isn't a play." And the second one really isn't a play. And he meant mentioned, in, I'm hoping, in the best sense of that, the, the word, that, that it's something else, that it is something different than, than, uh, than I've, I've ever heard of either. And somebody, another uh, director that I was working with, Louisa Prosky, said that it was more like a triptych than a trilogy, that there was it, almost a triptych in art that it's like when there are three panels
0: Right.
1: And then the, the panels help tell the story, but it's not necessarily a linear, linear story. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a lot of art references in the, in the play, in the first play. Uh, it takes place in Dublin and, uh, and Paris. Yeah, it's, it's, it's I'm right near the end of the process of finishing the third play, so I'm, I'm really, I'm actually really excited about the whole whole prospect of, of seeing them all together.
0: And would you um have them shown like, you know, one right after the other or, or how how do you even stage something like that?
1: I would hope I would hope that you could make an evening of it. And they they each of them are about an hour long, so it would be a long evening but it would be under four hours. Right. <laughs> 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 including intermissions. Um but it could also be done where you go different nights, um and see, and or or that, and each of them are as a standalone play, so you wouldn't have to go see all three of them if you didn't want to. Although I think, you could see them in a different order if you if you liked. Um, there are a lot of that, that there's a malleability with a trilogy that I'm just discovering that I'm 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 really excited about. I think that there are the thing about theater is that it can keep. What's beautiful about it is that it can keep changing. That the, the written word on the page is the blueprint and that it can be done a different way today and it can be done a different way a hundred years from now. And, and, you know, Shakespeare, certainly in the Western world, shows that all the time that they can take, a, uh, take these words and mash it all up. And it still has great resonance and meaning for the human spirit.
0: No, I think it's so interesting um, that we're still de- discovering new ways of doing theater. It's never-ending. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, now, how did you get involved with New Dramatists?
1: Um, New Dramatists is an organization that has been around for more than 50 years and I always knew about it. And from when I first started writing, I started applying here. They, you, the application process is quite rigorous and, and every September there's a submission Uh, call for submissions and every April or May they announced the seven playwrights that were chosen that year. Um, So I just made it a part of my annual I probably skipped every couple of years you know I would probably every three years or so I would I would apply um, hoping that someday I would get in and then I'd forget about it. I wouldn't I wouldn't think about it again. I, I, I would definitely suggest that for any writers who might be listening, to um, apply for things, but then, then forget about it. Um, look at that as part of your job as a writer is to apply for, apply for things even if you're not quite ready to apply, um, because it, it's, a, it's a good way to have a deadline for yourself, for one thing, and it's a good way to start to feel part of the process of of the, the system wherein plays get read and the people who are judges or on committees um, of any of the awards that are available like through the drama the skills um, listings uh, are all theater professionals so the more theater professionals you have reading your work the better and you may never hear back from them you may never know where you stood amongst all the people that applied but if you do that year after year you are participating in in theater and and you may you may well receive an award but you also are just involved in in the process and as you get better um you will people will remember your name perhaps um you just you just really don't know and i think it's it's well worth participating
0: I agree completely. Uh, now, switching gears just a little bit, you actually um, did some screenwriting. And yeah. I was wondering, what was your experience, you know, switching from stage to screen and, and what that does to the writing? Because um, they're very different.
1: Yeah, they really are. And I think a lot of people, the first thing they think of is that the difference is that film is such a visual medium and – uh, playwriting is such a a, a word-based medium. But what, what I found, one of the bigger differences, is that film is atmospheric. And, and with theater, you have to work hard to create an atmosphere. And with film, you're trying to capture an atmosphere that actually exists in the world. Um, and there's something very freeing about that, about being able to... Uh, not create uh, a river and a house on the river and the people going by in their canoes but you can actually uh, film that you don't have to you don't have to imagine it um, and it it fills in a lot of the, the the gaps that then don't require a lot of language um, and i find that not resisting that is a great way to to move forward with screen, screenwriting
0: and does it change the dialogue very much
1: yes because there's there's so much that is said in close up you know that just mm-hmm. by seeing somebody's face that watching their mouths move isn't necessary It's almost like when, in the silent films um, think about how little dialogue were between in those in those frames between the picture you had to say a lot with a little and I think the fact that film started as a silent medium has made film what it is and I think you actually can't don't have to be afraid of making a talkie film either I don't think that you know there are all these rules about saying you can't make a film with a lot of dialogue but there are many successful amazing films that are full of dialogue um and it just depends on the, sto- the story. It's something you can do without more in film than, than in theater, but it's not something that you have to do without. So I, I like I like playing with the boundaries between them. I, I made a I wrote and directed a film version of a one act play of mine, uh, June Weddings. And when I did that, I really learned a lot because there were there. The only thing I did that was different from the actual play version is that I I cut a major speech from the from the play. Um, That's difficult
0: to do. Was, it was, it was,
1: yeah, it was difficult, and I felt like that whole that whole speech was still in there without a word of it being in there because of the the actor Tom Noonan who played uh, RJ. He just it was it was in his face and. You didn't need to hear everything that he said in the speech. Um, it would have been redundant. And it was such a I, – I, I don't think that I could have done that if someone else had directed it and edited it. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I had a, an editor, but we worked very closely together. And editing in film is like uh, doing another draft as a writer. So I, I can't imagine making a film without – being incredibly involved in the editing process. So I guess with, with film, there's just all these, uh, all these different elements that are, that are very, uh, engaging to me. And I, I, I like working collaborative, collaboratively. I really like being in charge. of yeah. <laughs> Doing it, doing it my way, but I also really appreciate and, uh, and enjoy working with um, experts all the different uh, the categories that 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 need to be just accomplished to get a film made and theater theater is the same but theater, theater you can do without all those things film you really can't
0: right and do you think you'll you'll venture into screenwriting again
1: yes definitely really definitely. i i i'd like to make another film actually i'd like to direct I'm, I'm actually really itching to do that, and it's there just isn't enough time.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> there never is, right? For everything.
1: I've I've uh, always trying to reprioritize and and get get as much done as I can, but um, that I would absolutely love to make another film.
0: Um, you wrote an incredible article um that I found online about staying a New York playwright, and it was funny, and it was heartfelt, and, you know, there was parts that were maybe a little, you know, sad to admit that you have to give up certain things to follow a dream, especially in the arts. Um, can you just talk mm-hmm. a bit about that article, how that came about, and maybe things that you've had to give up on or things that you've learned about yourself through the process of following a passion?
1: Yeah, I... um. I think, you know, when you say, when you give up on something, that means if you've given up something if you notice that you've given it up. But if you haven't noticed it, you probably really didn't need it in the first place. And I don't think I ever consciously gave up anything to be a writer, although I always put it first in my mind. So I look back and see some different things that I gave up. Um, The biggest one being safety. I think I gave up having a safer life. And I don't think, I think it'd be hard to be an artist and live safely. And by that, I don't mean, I don't mean money. I know that the article referred to that a lot, but um, I mean, and you can have a great home and a great family. And if you're living safely, you're probably not exploring what it is to be you. And I think that artists, can't get away with coasting um, on their own without examining themselves. So you have to give up ignorance
0: <laughs> if you
1: want to be an artist.
0: Right, um, and, and I know a lot of artists pride themselves on exploring the outside world, but I, I do agree you have to look inward to understand the outside as well. So that, that's a really great point yeah and the outside world will look different
1: every time you allow yourself to look at yourself differently um the outside world is not a fixed thing it all it all comes through how you see how you see the world you're not seeing the same thing as the person next to you so you're certainly not seeing the same thing as you will see in a year from now or if you just uh, change your perspective a little bit um and for me anyway though i my, my interest in playwriting, uh, as a, a why why plays are more imp- more important to me than than writing say, a novel, is I think of like playwriting and anthropology have a lot in common. I think that that with a play, you're really looking at human behavior as it is. Not not um, you have to see it. If you're gonna if, if you're gonna go to a play, you have to you're gonna see something in front of you um you're, you're not exploring the interior of a mind you're seeing how someone behaves towards another person and how that person reacts back to that and to get there to become good at that i think you have to watch the world around you pretty carefully and that that also requires you examine yourself
0: and I think if, if you want to affect people with your writing, you have to be able to be affected as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, I agree. Um,
0: and just a thing that I've noticed about theater lately a lot of new plays are incorporating um, some sort of audience participation or, I don't know, really bringing the audience in to mm-hmm. the play. Have you noticed that? And, and what are your thoughts about You know this new type of interaction with the audience, (laughs) rather than we're doing something, you just watch.
1: (laughs) Well, I I, I'm not sure how I feel about it. You know, theater. We think of theater as as a place where we sit down in a darkened theater and watch actors on stage doing something for us. Um, But that is really kind of a new notion. Um, Hundreds of years ago, I have a friend, Christopher Cartmill, is a great playwright who would be able to tell you exactly when all these things changed and but uh